0: Welcome.
1: Welcome to the Too Close for Comfort Cast. Dun, 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 dun. That's a better name, isn't it?
0: Too, eh.
1: I mean there's Too Close for Podcast and Too Close for Comfort Cast. We're both. So don't think about starting your own side cast. We've taken both of those names. Yeah, we've already secured the names on the
0: internet. We own we own we own dot uh, com, dot net, and dot org. Well you can't own <laughs> can you own dot
1: org? Uh, T V.
0: There you go, which it's pretty obvious that we're lying about all that, so they're going to steal it now.
1: So this is Too Close for Podcast. I'm Marty Cattola.
0: I'm Gene Mott.
1: And we're here analyzing your favorite sitcom from the early 80s. Of course it's your favorite. You don't tell people in public that it's your favorite, but secretly at home you're watching this over and over again. Too Close for Comfort. Tonight is episode 6 from season 1, first aired on December 9th, 1980. This one's called Tenants Anyone. Not tennis anyone, but tenants anyone.
0: Hmm, clever. So, we start out uh, episode 6. Sarah's cleaning up after what appears to be a pretty wild party. She's dusting, isn't she? She's cleaning out the ashtray.
1: Yeah, picking up bags of stuff or whatever it is. Jackie
0: comes out, and she's she's uh, she's looking bad. She's got a hangover and a headache, or, or at least a headache. I'm assuming they go hand in hand.
1: The bicarbonate's not working.
0: And and uh, Sarah's dusting too loud, arranging the papers. That's really get that's really working her last nerve. So she asks, What's it, what was in that drink, right? What was in that, that uh, the punch or whatever the hell? And Sarah tells her it was the usual. It was champagne and the usual, which consists of vodka, sangria, rum, cooking sherry, and maple syrup. Wow. Okay, so somebody knocks at the door. Sarah answers it. It's, it's Mrs. Rafkin.
1: Yeah, first appearance.
0: Anyway, the guy who rented the apartment, Neville, Neville, Neville Rafkin. Neville Rafkin's sister she has shown up because she's been in Europe for several months while he died. She didn't know anything about this. Came back to claim all her brother's worldly goods. and we, Here's where we find out that uh, Rafkin, Neville, used to wear his sister's clothes starting at 8 with a training bra. And continuing right up to, to the prom dress. And I'm assuming at that point, at some point, they stopped living with one another. Anyway, so, Rafkin, she wants all the stuff by Tuesday. She's going to be over there Tuesday with a moving crew. And she's taking all the stuff.
1: It's all garbage.
0: It's all trash. Trash and garbage.
1: So then uh, the girls run upstairs.
0: They're freaking out because they want that furniture. Well how they we gonna live without furniture. Mr Rush, Henry, he's pretty sure he can charm this old lady. Rush goes downstairs. Rafkin, Rafkin shows up and she wants uh she wants the
1: furniture. Mildred Raffkin, not Mildred, Neville Rafkin. Not Neville. But well, he he thinks it was Neville because
0: They was, they look
1: alike. Yeah. He's a
0: dead she's a dead ringer for
1: her brother. And she said, Oh, it's probably because I'm wearing his dress.
0: Even though yeah, yeah. Even though she was wearing an overcoat over that dress, <laughs> so as he tries to charm her down, he says, "How much? How much for the furniture?" And she tells him seven hundred. Ah, and then the movers show up. Our other guest stars, and then Rush, Rushy Shrewd. He goes two fifty, and then he goes, then he goes, uh, and then she's not budging. So he moves up to two seventy-five. All the way to 300, and then he insults her in some way, and then she's like, 800, and then he goes,
1: oh, 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 oh. oh s- 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 700?
0: No, it was 800.
1: I could have sworn that it was a, s- 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 uh, uh. either way, that's a genuine Henry stammer right there.
0: So he tells her to take all this. Get take it, all it away. out of here. Get out of here. And that's take the end of stuff. Act One. That is Act One, my friend. Oh, so now the apartment is barren, empty, except for one house plant. One, one. Uh, what would you? How would you describe that plant?
1: Oh, there's a plant. Uh, there's, there's like
0: a. There's like a plant that's like about three feet tall or something like that. There's some vinyl. There's there's the vinyl the, the stereo the record player stereo Henry. And Muriel come downstairs and they have uh, two folding chairs and a bridge table and a vase or a vase with a flower on it. The girls, the girls are just like flipping out because they come home from school and work and they're shocked to see the apartment in this, like this, because they have a, they have a dinner party coming up on Saturday with 10 guests. A lot of parties. They're really they're really making the most of this apartment, you know, their freedom they've got. So they have ten people coming over, and they have to share, you know, that's five people per chair. And that's, that's just, that's not going to work for these girls.
1: It reminds me of Laverne and Shirley when their apartment's empty. The girls are freaking out because uh,
0: there's no furniture. They're not going to pay the same rent. They
1: said, so
0: they say, how much money? Did you offer a Rafkin for the furniture? Give us that money. We'll oh, get yeah. our own furniture, and we make payments on the rest.
1: Right? Use it as a down payment. Yeah.
0: And and he's and he's, uh, he's having none of that. And they want him to. He's like, well, you can't afford to pay the rent then. They not only want new stuff, but they want them to lower the rent. Yeah, they
1: want them to lower the rent.
0: Because now they're providing their own furniture.
1: Which leads to the whole, you promised us.
0: So Henry tells them, move back upstairs if you don't like it. Right? Because that's the way it is. So they say, screw you, we'll get our own apartment. We find Muriel's in the bedroom in the middle of the afternoon, apparently. She's come home from work. Henry discovers her because he never leaves the place because that's where he does his work. And he's wearing his what?
1: Oh, he's wearing the UCLA sweater for two episodes in a row. That's very rare that one of these college sweaters would be in two episodes, let alone two episodes in a row. But this is still the beginning of season one.
0: So far, these are the only two sweaters he's worn, isn't it? Or do we have a third sweater?
1: Oh Well, I can... I think you are correct, sir. It's this one in the uh, University of Michigan sweater from the very first episode.
0: Okay, I'd like to think I'm right, but I don't think I am. Yeah, right.
1: I think you are right. Yeah, according to my notes. Yeah.
0: Well, so he assure Henry assures her, all oh, the kids will be back. They they can't afford their own place. They can't they they can't do this. They they don't have their act together. They'll be crawling back to us. She'll be knocking on the door tomorrow morning, wanting orange juice, basically, right? As we've seen (laughs) in past episodes, that uh, Sarah loves to mooch the orange juice. So then the girls show up, and they're worn out because they've been out looking for apartments all day, expensive apartments that they can't afford. And but luckily, they found a place, and they're going to move out. They're going to be moving in on Saturday. The girls are, they're paying one hundred and seventy-five. A month rent way cheaper for a furnished apartment,
1: oh, so this is the episode where they reveal that number. You said that you thought they said at some point in the show, it was revealed how much rent they were paying, so they're paying one hundred seventy five
0: that 's for the new place,
1: but oh, the old place, I was pretty sure was two hundred
0: well. Um, yeah, maybe it was two hundred or it was three hundred.
1: Anyways, the girls are always worn out from running around doing stuff. Have you noticed that? So they're moving
0: into Old Town across the bridge, which which is apparently a high crime area, and we find out they got a sublet. That's how they were able to get it so cheap.
1: Why don't they just move in with Monroe and his wacky roommate and they can throw each other out the window all night? Well, for well, whatever reason, Monroe,
0: Monroe's not even around this episode. I bet oh, yeah. he would have loved to help. He knew better than to show up this week. He, you know how it is when people are moving, <laughs> right? You don't necessarily want to answer that phone call, right? For a piece of pizza?
1: I'm going to your house for a piece of pizza and beer, and I, I might I might get a hernia. Monroe was walking out in front of the house, and he saw those movers come out with the couch, <laughs> and he's like, he I'm turned, not even going in he there. He turned right around, got back on that bus.
0: Got the hell out of there, dude. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to I nah, don't want anything to do with this. They don't need me this week. I can find something to do. I'll go I'll go play on the street, make some money. Try not to get arrested. Anyway, so, so the guy's in jail. He's got his it's a sub lease, a three year a three year lease. The guy had a three year lease and he's doing seven years in jail, so Henry's freaking out. And Sarah tells him it's a white collar crime. Henry asks if he killed a priest, and they tell him it has something to do with the stock market. Then the girls are like, "Screw this! We're gonna go pack, right? We're doing this. This is happening." And Henry and Muriel are are freaking out because the girls are gone now. They, you know, the first step to letting go of the girls. And then they, they finally just uh, accept that it's in God's hands now.
1: That's right.
0: And they let the girls go. Act two. Ben, Benito. There we
1: go. Yeah. Yeah. And we come back from the commercial. Uh, they're in Old Town, right? Sirens are blaring outside. Sarah's,
0: Sarah's freaking out because that's like the tenth time that's happened today. No, oh, that means crime's down. And then, if there's a laugh track, that's where the laughs would have come in. Was there a laugh track? I don't
1: remember sometimes they'll use a laugh track, and sometimes they'll use an audience
0: so there's a knock on the door, so they turn on their thor their tape recorded dog, and Sarah grabs a bat, and it's uh it's their It's their parents, but they don't believe them because they know they know that's that's the trick. Right? That's how they get in your apartment. And once you're in, you're, you know, God knows what happens to you at that point. But these girls aren't taking any chances. But then they finally realize okay, it's our parents. And so
1: they walk in and they
0: appear to have a bag of food.
1: But what's in that bag is not groceries, even though it's one of the infamous grocery bag props, it's a hubcap.
0: You'd think he would bring his. They'd bring food. When you first got your own place, when you were living on your own, did your mom come over with some food?
1: With a hubcap and some spray paint and uh, (laughs) whatever else was on that table.
0: Yeah, they had some weird stuff going on. They had some eggs. And some eggs. They did have some eggs. Where's the refrigerator? I'm not sure if they had one. You would think maybe it did. These girls are yeah, they're quickly gonna be oh um, bad things are gonna happen. So they got their bag of food with no no hubcaps. And the girls are trying to tell, hey everything's cool, everything's cool, you want some coffee? And then they go to fill up the coffee and the water is is it already looks like it is coffee. <laughs> That's convenient. That is convenient.
1: Another knock on the door. A lot of door knocking in this episode. Who is it this time? It's the dealer.
0: The guy, this guy, he's come to make the drop, (laughs) the score. But he needs the bread. Because if you ain't got the bread, you can't make the score. Right? You know that is. Yeah. What bread? The gluten free bread? Oh well, shit, do they sell gluten-free bread? They must, right? I've never seen it. So then he says, hey, do you want to open an account? Because this guy is, he's, he really wants to make the drop. But he's going to need the bread, obviously. But maybe if you get an account uh, he, could, he, could, he could front it to you. I think that's what he was thats, what he was that's right, implying. God. So it turns out that he's, he's the owner and maybe he's the bookie who lives across the hall. Because he lives, he lives across the hall as well.
1: The bookies well, with the telephones.
0: Yeah, yeah they all... It's, they live on a pretty happening level of the apartment complex. So then cut, cut, cut. And then we find the girls in the hallway with uh, Henry. And they got the bag of hubcaps with them. And they want to come home. And it turns out Henry bought the furniture back.
1: Yeah, in a shop that... I could have sworn was probably filmed out of sequence. Well, it must be, because
0: everything (laughs) was exactly where it was, and there was a lot of crap on those shelves. I can't see him going to all the trouble to put it all back, or even know exactly where it was, right?
1: After it had been gone for a while. No,
0: like it's not even his apartment.
1: Well, he took pictures of everything. Well, he would think that would be a good idea. He consulted the continuity director.
0: So originally he offered her four hundred bucks for the furniture. But then somebody was on the phone while he was there, offered five hundred, so he just immediately jumped to five fifty. And then then Miss uh Rafkin, what's her what's her name? Mildred Rafkin. took took the five fifty, boom, end of story. Well, that's episode six. In a pretty big nutshell, but if Muriel was on the wow. phone, which how does that it. even make sense? Because he was there in person, and she was at home trying to get the furniture on her own. Behind they were each doing oh, it behind the other right. one's back because they didn't want to. They didn't want to admit that they were doing this. They were just going to do it as a surprise. That's crazy. It's crazy. All right, now the breakdown.
1: We had a guest star, uh, the first appearance of Mildred Rafkin on this episode, and our other guest stars were the Movers, who didn't say anything, I don't think, and The Dealer, as he was credited in the end credits. As we mentioned, Henry's sweater was the UCLA sweater again, which is pretty strange. Monroe, notably absent, as he will be again next week, they haven't quite figured out how to Put him in the show all the way yet. Two instances of Henry pointing at someone, as well as two stammering instances.
0: Full-on stammers.
1: Yeah. We see two grocery bag props, which may be the same bag. I'm assuming it's the same bag. One was in the girl's new place, and one at the end of the episode, both containing a hubcap. One hubcap, right? Yeah.
0: Do you think... All four of the hubcaps were in that bag.
1: No, I think it, it was just
0: one hubcap. It's just like trying to assume that they put a hundred thousand dollars of of small bills that they got from a supermarket. Yeah, yeah. it's it's
1: just like the guacamole that's mayonnaise in, and into uh, yeah into the Kleenex box. There's no couch flip in this episode, but the couch is part of the storyline. There's an ashtray yeah. resting on the couch at one point.
0: Pretty cool.
1: As far as transvestite storyline goes, Mildred gives the origin of Neville Rafkin. As far as the intro goes, it's the same as 105. They didn't change anything. Uh, We do have an early incarnation of the one-note music cue. When they switch from scene to scene, they'll play the little jingles, and there's one of them that ends with one single note. Bizarre, odd happenings. Quite a few. Uh, there was an opening shot on a pile of food. I don't think there's another episode that starts with a shot on a pile of food. At one point, move to Europe, as mentioned. It's like well, eventually, Jackie, Jackie moving Eventually Jackie. You know.
0: But she did move to Europe yeah. later on, mm-hmm. right?
1: And so they're laying the ground for that really early on here. And of course... Perhaps the most bizarre thing of all was the hubcap gift. So what did we learn? We learned it has tempo, it has pulse. Somebody said that at one point in this episode. I think it might have had something to do with getting the bread and the drop and all that. But what did I learn? I learned that Mildred Rafkin is probably the funniest character on the show. And as you were mentioning, there is no real reason for her to come back, but I think they realized, well... She's funny, so we'll have to work this in somehow. And I'm going to give that one a 4 on the scale of a 1 to 5. Nice. And we'll be back next week for episode 7, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? Wolf with an E at the end of it. Well, what's that one about? Uh, Sarah tries to work at the bank. Then she dates (laughs) her boss. And then things get weird. Then things get weird. We'll see you next
0: week. You can hear my show on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Download the free app today. Listen anytime, anywhere. Create custom playlists.
1: Rate and review my show on Stitcher. And over 4 million car dashboards. On demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing. No Wasted Memory. Stream your favorite podcasts. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store.